You've found the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Delight your soul, feed your spirit, and sharpen your mind with anointed teaching and discussion on subjects such as faith healing, miracles, end-time prophecy, holiness, and everything that apostolics love. And now here's your host, pastor, author, blogger, and teacher, Charles Rodas. just found everything apostolic well this is charles rodas your host and i so appreciate you joining with us again today oh well i've got something that's going to be uh i think encouraging that's going to help you and that is as you've seen it's about prayer because you know if we don't pray we're just not walking with god are we we've got to have a prayer life and you know i'm all about making it easier uh to pray i want to make it easier for god's people to pray and um, uh, i've been teaching on the subject for a long time and have had the holy ghost since 1980 and ministering the word since 1985 and so as the title says uh, 22 points of prayer and i want to I'm just going to give you these 22 points, and then I'm going to say just a little bit about each one of them. And so you may be able to take these and learn from them. Maybe it will help you tweak some things in your prayer life because, you know, um, people many times aren't praying because they don't know how to pray. And they get discouraged, and they don't know how to hear from God. They don't know how to listen to God. They don't know how to get God's attention. They don't know how to believe. They don't know how to ask. And there's so many variables and so many things that can be done in prayer, and none of us know it all. But I'm going to share it with you, like I said, 22 points of prayer that I think is going to be a, a blessing to you. And I do appreciate you being on, uh, uh, as I said. So, uh, yeah, let's 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 jump into this and uh, be sure to do me a favor. Be sure to, if you haven't given it five stars, give us five stars if you think we deserve that. Uh, this podcast that would help us out in our, our rankings, and we are all about encouraging and blessing the apostolic community and reaching to anyone we can reach, not just apostolics, but especially the apostolic community and uh, giving that encouraging word. So give us five stars if you feel that's worthy. Share the podcast today on your favorite social media, and uh, that would be a great, great help to us in our ministry here. All right, so 22 points of prayer. Number one, pray a little louder. Okay, you don't have to do any of these things, okay? You can not do all of these things and still pray well. Uh, but sometimes, some some of these things can help you. And sometimes you just need to pray a little bit louder. Sometimes you need to raise your voice. And when I'm praying with the seeker, sometimes in, in the altar and someone seeking the Holy Ghost, and some some of these folks, uh, they're, they're, they don't know how to pray, really, most times. And some of them pray so quietly, I can't even hear them. And I'm close to them. And I'm purposefully listening, you know to help pray them through to the Holy Ghost. And sometimes I'll just whisper in their ear, as you're praying, pray a little bit louder, a little bit louder. You know, just give it a little bit more volume. You know, I'll say that. Why? Because that helps, that helps the one praying 
control their thoughts. Because if you're just praying in your mind, you can do that, and God can read your thoughts. He can read your mind. But when you're praying sometimes and you lift your voice, that helps control what you're thinking about. Because I could pray for you for five solid minutes, but at the same time, I could be thinking. While I'm doing that, my mind is straying to work. My mind is straying to my family. My mind is straying to something else going on in my life, You know, even though I'm talking and I'm praying for you in my mind. But when I start praying out loud, okay, sometimes I pray a little bit louder. That helps me focus, all right? Number two, pray longer, okay? You might want to add 15 minutes. You might want to add 30 minutes. You know, the church world, There's a there was a survey done at one time. I don't know who did the survey and how many people were surveyed. I'm not sure, but they said the average time of prayer for the average believer I'm talking about in the in the average church, not not apostolic, non apostolic, but the average member was praying less than five minutes a day, less than five minutes a day, and uh, I hope that we're praying more than that. Okay, <laughs> um, you definitely want to add time to that if you're only praying five minutes, and you want to increase your time with God because you're like a sponge and you absorb God. See, God is a spirit, as we know, John four twenty four, and as you stay in prayer, you absorb him. So if I was just, if I was spending a lot of time talking with you and you're talking with me on a daily basis, it's possible that some of your mannerisms I would pick up, some of the things you say, the way you say them, I would pick up in my own personality. And I, that's just the way life is. And that's why we need to spend time with God. It's, it's not about watching the clock. Personally, I I like to discipline myself to pray a certain amount every day or close to that uh, because I want to discipline this flesh because if the flesh has its way, he won't pray much at all. Number three, pray at the same time each day. I think this is really important, praying at the same time each day, if at all possible. For me, for most of my life, it's been in the morning you know, before I start work. Okay, because I get it in and I get it out of the way. Now, some people start work at 4 a.m. and they may not be able to do that. It just may not be feasible to, to, to their situation. But maybe in the evening, whatever the time is, but try to pray the same time every day. If it's 6 a.m. or 8 a.m. or if it's 7 p.m. or whatever it is. Why? Because that will give you consistency and you know when you're going to pray. Because if you just pray any old time, well, you could wind up going two or three days without praying because you don't have a t- you don't have a prayer time. Okay, these are things that have helped me, and they help most people. All right, number four, pray in tongues. Make sure that you're speaking in tongues every day if possible. Pray in tongues. Pray until you're talking in tongues. For some people, me included, it's very easy to speak with tongues. I speak with tongues almost every day. Um, and, and some people may struggle with that a little bit more, but you want to get to a place where you're speaking in tongues. You're praying in the spirit, as we would call praying in the spirit is another term for speaking in tongues. Because when you're speaking in tongues, you're either praying or you're praising, most likely one of the two of the most two most common things. Uh, but try to do that each day if possible. Number five, pray specifics. Be specific. Pinpoint your prayers. You know. General prayers require no faith, verbal being. If you ever heard of verbal being, great man of prayer, teaching on prayer, dead and gone now, passed away many years ago. But anyway, uh, 
But when you pray specifics and you pinpoint your prayer, God, give me a job. God, I need a job. Well, that's good. God knows you need a job, but God would like to know what kind of work you want to do. Well, God, I love sales. Lord, give me a job in sales. Okay, what do you want to sell? Be more specific. You want to sell refrigerators? Do you want to sell curtains? Do you want to sell cars? Tell God what you want. Great, great. How much do you want to make? Well, God, you know I need at least $1,000 a week or $2,000 a week, whatever you need. You know, But be specific when you're asking God, God, save the world. No, tell God who you want to save. God, save my son, Josh. God, save. God, touch my daughter. Heal my daughter. Lord, touch my wife. Do this. Do that. And ask God. Bring words. And he said, ask and you shall receive. James said, you receive not because you ask, not because you ask amiss. All right. So be specific. Number six, turn off your phone and your devices. Put it on silent or put it on vibrate, you know, set aside. It's such a temptation nowadays to look at social media or, or to look at that text and respond or pick up that phone call. But most of that can wait. Most of that can wait because you need not just, in my mind, I need quality time, quality Q-U-A-L-I-T-Y. I need quality time with God, but I also need quantity time with God. It's more than quality. If, if you talk to my wife and you talked about my relationship with her, we have a good relationship. We both agree to that. But you know what? She wants quality time, but she wants more than quality time. She wants quantity. She, she You know, we could have 15 minutes of or 30 minutes of good quality time. But, you know, like last night... I took her to eat, you know, took her to eat and we enjoyed each other's company. We went to a restaurant we liked and then we stopped at um, a couple stores, you know, uh, that was quality and it was quantity. We spent several hours, two, three, whatever it was, hours um, doing some things we like. That was quality. We like each other's presence. That was quality, but also the time. All right, so very important. And that's how prayer should be. Prayer should be quantity and quality. And it's hard to do that if you've got all these interruptions, all right, with your device, your phone. Number seven, avoid too much repetition. You know, we we repeat our prayers. Now, there's nothing wrong with repeating your prayers. You should repeat your prayers. But be careful that you are focusing on what you're saying. You know, you could say hallelujah for five minutes and not even mean it. You could say it for five minutes and not even feel the presence of God. But uh, on the contrary, you could say hallelujah one time from your heart and feel the presence of God move over you. So avoid too much repetition, vain repetition. And repetition is good. I believe in repetition, but you don't want it to be vain. Jesus said don't use vain repetitions as the heathen do. All right. Number eight, pray with without begging. Don't beg God. Don't say, please, God, would you do this? Please, God, do that. We don't have to beg our father. You know, I never had to beg my parents for anything. There were times I had needs in my life and I was young. Sometimes I needed money. I borrowed money from my parents. There were times I needed other things. I never said, please. You know, I told him how I felt. I told him what was going on and what my parents responded. God is our father and he will respond and to beg God. To beg God is not is not what he wants. He does not respond to begging. Begging is really a sign of distrust in God. It's a it's a sign of uh, a lack of faith in God. All right. Number nine. Number nine. Believe that what you pray will happen. Believe that it's going to happen. 
That's right. Believe that. Believe it. Jesus said, when you pray. So Mark 11, maybe Mark chapter 11. Um, I don't have the passage in front of me. But when you pray, believe. You know, believe that you receive. As my point here says, believe that what you pray will happen. Expect it. Have an expectancy. Look for it. Don't look for the bad. Don't look for the evil. Don't look to the contrary. Don't prepare for bad, but prepare for good. All right? Number 10, after prayer, listen, after prayer, act as if you have received. Act as if you have received. Let your actions, your physical actions, believe in what you've prayed. Let your bodily actions, your bodily functions, let your words that you speak after you're done praying, and you go throughout the day, let them agree with what you prayed for that morning or that evening, what have you. So believe that what you've prayed will happen. And then after prayer, number 10, act as if you have received. All right. Those two kind of go together. Believe that what you pray will happen. Then number 10, after prayer, act as if you have received. Let your actions and your words or your actions and your prayers align. Let them agree. All right. I hope this is helping you. I hope it's being blessing you. All right. Number 11, we're almost halfway done. We've got 20, 22 of these. Number 11, do not let your senses change your faith. What do I mean, your senses? Okay. We are seeing, are hearing, taste, smell, are feeling those five natural senses. Paul said we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. This is number 11. Do not let your senses change your faith. Why? Because we see something that's contrary to our prayer and we believe it. The doctor gave us a negative report and we believe it. Something else happened. <clears throat> we got a phone call or text and we believe. Sometimes we're believing and preparing for the worst. I want to encourage you today. Let's believe our prayer. Let's believe in God and believe for the best. Do not let your senses change your prayer. Don't live by sense evidence, but live by the sense of faith. Let faith be your sixth sense. Praise God. Praise God. Well, we're halfway through. That's 11. We got 22 total, 22 points of prayer. I want you to hang on for this important message and I'll be right back. I want to make sure that you knew about my book called The Urgent Need of the Hour. The subtitle is Revival Praying. Hi, this is Charles Rodas. If your prayer life needs reviving or you want to learn how to pray intercessory prayer and break through with great answers to prayer, I do encourage you to get this book. Now, I do want to read you a few testimonies. Now, a lady by the name of T. Bright writes, after reading this, I have a better understanding and drive to pray. And Christy W. writes, the chapter Through the Veil will make you put this book down and pray immediately. Great points of help all throughout this book. Brandon C. says, 
this is an absolutely incredible resource that will light a fire under you. One more, Shelley says, other than the Bible, of course, this is one of the most important books I've ever read. Such wisdom and knowledge. Now you can get The Urgent Need of the Hour on Amazon or you can get it on my website at charlesarotis.com. Well, I hope you take a look at it. God bless. All right, so we're back. All right, to 22 points of prayer and we're on number 12. Number 12 is pray with fervency. Pray with fervency. You know, sometimes I'm talking to God and I'm just talking to God just like I'm talking to you. But there needs to be times that you just get after it. You know what I mean? There's times that I just, I've got to, I've got to, you know, the Bible says uh, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. What kind of prayer? The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman. The effectual, there needs to be a effectual fervent prayer. There needs to be a fervency sometimes, just kind of a, mm, I'm going after it. I've got to have this. I'm hungry for it. I've got to touch God. You know, pray with fervency. Number 13, pray with passion. Pray with passion. Let let God touch your heart. Let, Let God break your heart. You know, God will not despise the broken and contrite heart, the broken and contrite spirit. He loves that. And and pray with passion. Pray with passion. Amen. God loves those tears. Amen. Number 13, pinpoint your prayers. Pinpoint your prayers. We we kind of talked about this in one of the previous ones, but you've got to pinpoint, you've got to be specific in your prayers. All right. 14, pray in a comfortable position. You know what? A lot of new Christians think, well, I just need to be on my knees when I'm praying. You know, sometimes I get on my knees when I, and pray, but most of the time I have to admit I'm not on my knees when I'm praying. You know, uh, I, I'm just not comfortable very long on my knees, and I don't think uh, it's about physical affliction on my on my legs and my knees. I don't think it's about that. But the position of your heart is more important than the position of your body. The position of your mind and your thoughts in prayer are more important than your physical position. Many times I'm walking back and forth in my praying. It's it's comfortable to me. Sometimes I'll sit and I'll be praying. Occasionally, I will lay face down on the floor and pray. You could lay in your bed. My late mother, she would talk about how she would lay in bed and pray for 30 minutes or an hour. I said, Mom, I don't know how you do that. I, I'm in bed, man. I'm thinking about going to sleep. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm about ready to go to sleep. Get me laying there on my pillow. <laughs> but she would, that's what she would do. And she was okay. she was good with that. Well, that's not for everybody, see. But if that's what you're doing, but you're touching God. You're spending time. You're making your requests known unto God. Okay? So, uh Pray in a comfortable position, whatever that, if it's standing, whatever, whatever it is. All right. 15, have times of sacrificial prayer. Yeah. Have times of sacrificial prayer. What do I mean? Well, if you, if you're used to praying 30, 30 minutes a day, let's, let's just give an example. Okay. Whatever it is, but this is just an example. 
let's say you're praying 30 minutes a day. And maybe you want to do some sacrificial praying. And you said, okay, tomorrow morning, I'm going to go an hour. I'm going to go an hour. Or maybe this weekend, instead of praying 30 minutes a day, I'm going to go an hour both days, Saturday and Sunday. I'm going to, or I'm going to pray two hours. Or maybe you've made up your mind Friday night, I'm going to pray all night long. Or I'm going to pray you know, a three-hour shift. You know, the P- Pentecostals of Alexandria um, were... were Pastor Anthony Mangan's been past a pastor as bishop there for now, but he was pastor for many years and GA Mangan years before that. But they have a they have a custom of prayer that I know they've had for decades where you could sign up for three a three hour shift, a sacrificial three hour shift, whoever whoever will. And that's how they would keep their twenty four hour prayer going in their church, where their three hour shift you would come to the church if it be you know, nine in the morning or 3 a.m., you would come and you would spend your three hours seeking the face of God there at the church. Okay. That's, that's there. That was there, there, there is their custom. I should not was, but is their custom. So that's a sacrifice. That's a time of sacrifice. <clears throat> that's what I'm talking about. Have us have times of sacrificial prayer. I have had some amazing, amazing experiences with God in times of sacrificial prayer. Why? Because I'm not thinking about the clock, you know, my my set time. I'm not thinking, well, I've got to pray this because I want to discipline my flesh. No, today I'm going to seek God. I'm going to weep in his presence. I'm going to pray in the spirit. I, I'm just going to pray. Maybe it's an all-night prayer meeting. And um I'm, I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to touch God. I'm going to do like Jacob. I'm going to touch you. I'm not going to let you go until you touch me. Not, not to give up so easy in prayer. We've got to touch God in prayer. All right, number 16, pray with fasting. Pray with fasting. And I know people have, uh, you know, if you're in good health, listen. Pray, fast, fast a day two days, three days, a week, whatever, but fast, push that plate back. And I, let me, let me help you. If you're on medications or you have health conditions, you can fast too. You can fast too. And you know, you, you don't want to go too deep into fasting, maybe without the guidance of your doctor. And I, I, I will encourage you to do that, but you know, you can still give up. You don't have to have, you don't have to have that dessert after dinner. You don't have to have a second or third portion. You could fast that second portion. You're not going to die. Okay, you, you, if you're diabetic, you, that that second portion, you, if you give that up, and usually have two portions of those mashed potatoes and, uh, you know, <laughs> green beans and corn, instead of having that second corn on the cob and that second portion of mashed. Oh, my wife can make some mashed potatoes. Don't even talk about it. Oh, whoo! She knows I love the mashed potatoes. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, and I just, yeah. So my point is, even if you have health conditions and you're on medications, you could fast. You could fast that second portion. You could maybe cut, maybe, I'm not sure. Talk to your doctor about it. But you could maybe cut that plate in half and fill half the plate or use a smaller plate, okay? And maybe maybe that would be your fast for the day. Yeah. Yeah, just giving you some ideas. Talk to your doctor about that if you're on, uh, you've got some health conditions. But if you don't have any health conditions, I would say, brother, sister, push that plate back. Uh, pray with fasting. Number seventeen, pray in groups when possible. 
Now, it, it's customary that at our church, uh, we gather midweek, we gather on Sundays, and first 30 minutes minimum, <laughs> first 30 minutes, and sometimes we go an hour, you know, our church starts with prayer. I mean, fervent prayer. I mean, people laying hands on one another. Sometimes the gifts of the Spirit are in operation in our prayer meetings. Powerful times of prayer. And that's what we do. That's what we do. We don't have church without serious prayer. No, 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 no. No, it, it just don't happen. It don't happen. And it's powerful. So pray in groups when possible. Why? Because they will help you pray. They will encourage you in prayer. Their prayers, sometimes they're laying hands on you and you're laying hands on them and you're holding hands and your brother on a brother's shoulder and your arms are around them and tears, you know, and this is very powerful and encouraging. Have times of, yeah, have times of praying in groups. All right. 18, pray with expectation. Pray with expectation, expect it, expect it. You know, when you get done praying in the morning and, and, and you know, and it's noontime or the next day, maybe you pray at night and the next day, do you remember what you prayed about? But have an expectation. See, if you're forgetting about what you prayed about, you probably are not praying with too much expectation. But pray, I'm praying for my son. What am I doing? I'm expecting God to move upon him. I'm expecting the Holy Ghost to move upon him and to stir his heart toward God. And if I'm praying for my daughter's healing, you know what I'm doing? I'm expecting her. She's going to call me and say, Dad, this, this thing's clearing up. This thing, this problem, I, I don't have this problem and I'm healed. You know, I'm expecting it. Listen, have an expectation. When I was in, I think a freshman in high school, we were required to read a book and uh, I'm, uh, I'm ashamed to tell you I wasn't a very good student in those days, and I didn't read the book, but I, I'll always remember the, the title of the book, but it was called it was called Great Expectations, Great Expectations, but I've always thought about that title in my walk with God. We need to have great expectations. Praise God, great expectations. Number 19, pray with consistency. All right, I got 22 here, 22 points of prayer. I'm at number 19. Pray with consistency. Be consistent. Pray every day if at all possible. Pray every day. Say, well, I don't know what to pray about. No, you got a lot to pray about. Get yourself a journal. Get yourself a piece of paper and start writing down prayer requests. Family members, your pastor, people that are sick and begin to fervently call out their names to God. Pray, pray for your own blessings. Pray for yourself. Don't forget to pray for yourself. You know, pray for yourself. People don't, some, I've heard people say they didn't really know that if it was right to pray for themselves. Yes, yes. Pray for yourself more than you pray for anybody because you got to save yourself from this untoward generation. That's right. Pray, pray for yourself. That's right. And pray with consistency. Pray every day. Get a closet time with God, a closet time. I know you can pray in a car, but this is more than I'm talking about praying closet time. Your car is not a closet. Because you've got the elements, you've got the world in your view, in your mirror, in your windshield, on the left and right, and all kinds of stuff is happening. You can pray and do and do that. It's good. Don't stop doing that. But friend, get yourself some closet time and pray consistently in that closet. And that means a secluded place with God, if it be your bedroom or your basement or somewhere. Number 20. We're almost done. 20. Stick with me here. You're going to be blessed. 
This is powerful right here. Number 20 is vitally important. I have used this all of my life since I've learned about it. Mix, number 20, mix praise and worship into your prayer time. Mix praise and worship into your prayer time. See, this is number 20 is so key because people get bored with prayer and they, after about four or five minutes, they don't, they're like, what else am I going to say? What else am I going to ask? Number 20 is it. If you're not mixing in your praise and worship in your prayer, oh, you're missing it. Because I'll tell you what, there's been times I'd pray for a solid hour, but I didn't ask for a single thing. I'd tell God, go into it today, God, I'm not asking you. I'm not asking you for anything. And I'd tell God that I'm not asking you for anything today. I'm just going to praise you. And I'm going to thank you for what you've been doing. And I'm going to praise you for what you're going to do. Because that's a prayer within itself. God, I know that you're going to save him. God, I know that you're going to save her. And I know that you're going to bless them. And I thank you for it. And you just lift your hands and you start praising God. And you start speaking in tongues. And you're praising in the spirit. And you're praising in tongues. Oh, you're mixing that praise and you're mixing that worship in your prayer time and throughout your prayer time. Then your prayer time comes alive. It becomes alive and you begin to feel the presence of God. As the scripture says that God inhabits the praises of Israel and you are the spiritual Israel. And as you praise him, he begins to inhabit. He begins to come into that place where you are. Oh, yes, and your prayer time comes alive and God shows up. Oh, yes, 202020 is a key to your prayer time, in my opinion. 21, uh, if you're not playing gospel music in your prayer time, sometimes it's very important, especially if you have a lot of background noise. You've got kids in the house that are yelling and talking and slamming doors or closing doors and walking through the house and the cats meowing and the dogs are barking and the pigs are oinking. I mean, <laughs> whatever's going on, you know, you, you turn on a little gospel music and you can drown out that sound. Okay. Because all of that stuff gets your attention. It gets my attention. And then you're fighting in your mind. You, you just, you're trying to find a place with God and you've got, that's part of your closet time because your mind has to be secluded. What you see, I and mean, it's important to do this. It's important to not only have a certain time in prayer, but let me say this also, to have a, to, to pray in the same place every day. I, I pray in my bedroom. Okay, I pray in my bedroom. That's my place for the most part. Sometimes my wife goes to work before me. I'll, I'll come out and I'll walk through the house and sometimes I'll walk up and down the hallway and sometimes I'll walk through the living room and I want my prayer to just to be in the house and sometimes I'll do that. But yeah, yeah, you need to sometimes just mix some gospel music into that if you've got a lot of background noise and that'll help you focus. All right. And number that was 21, wasn't it playing? Yep, 22, our last one. Watch this, watch this. Ask big, bold prayers. That's right, 22 is ask big, bold prayers. And when you do that, God responds to that because you're asking in faith. Don't ask for a little job, oh God, just to get me by. No, ask for a job where you can not only, you know, continue to tithe, but you can give more and that you could bless others. And, you know, ask, ask, ask God for, 
for more than what you're usually asking. God, let me be a witness to everyone at work. Let me be a witness. Let me speak this truth and begin to ask God big, bold prayers. And God hears those big, bold prayers. And he loves them. Oh, he loves it. He loves it because he's a prayer answering God. Oh, yes, he is. He's a prayer answering God. Well, there you go, my friend. 22 points of prayer. I hope you were blessed. And don't forget to give me a five stars if you can and share this podcast on your favorite social media and hang on for another moment for an important message. God bless you. This is Brother Rodis in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating and review for it as it provides tremendous feedback to this ministry. Don't forget, more resources are available at www.charlesarodis.com. There you will find Pastor Rodis's books and also the newsletter and a free gift when you subscribe to the newsletter. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.